Merry Christmas, everyone, and uh, welcome to the MUX Podcast. This is our little Christmas special, if you haven't noticed. Uh, we'll do things a little bit differently today, but we still have a song to talk about. I'm your host, Thomas, and uh, with me... <laughs> And I'm a co-host, as you can hear, Heather and Anatva. Hello. Um, as you already heard, today we're covering She Came Home for Christmas. I think that's about the only Christmassy thing in that song, but um, I think we'll get into that in a bit. Of course, we'd always recommend listening to the song before this podcast, if you're at least unfamiliar with it. There's a few different versions, so uh, let me just uh, shortly... Oh, try to do this shortly, at least. The song was Muse's second single ever when it first came out in 1997, released on Excelibri Musique. This release featured a remix by Tony Klang, plus remixes of Snowflake and Wheels Over Me. Don't touch her there, she's blindfolded, she remembers it's track number nine on their debut album, A Triumph for Man. It was released as a single again in 2002 in Denmark and the UK. In 2003, it was once again released as a single in Denmark, but this time with the B-side, That Time on the Ledge. In the UK, they released a single DVD containing the music video, a documentary, the song, That Time on the Ledge, and an interactive Frangers game which I believe could also be found on their old website. Is that correct? Yeah, it's also featured on MUX now. We, we have a, an archived version of that. So uh, go check that out if you haven't. Japan got an EP where She Came Home for Christmas was the title song. It contained the music video for She Came Home for Christmas, the acoustic version of this song, plus a new song, Watch the Space, and a new version of King Christian and Mika. In 2003, Frangers came out on Epic and Evil Office, and the new version of the song is track number 8. This version is produced by Rich Costi and contains piano by Patrick Warren and turntables by Tobias Bertram. 2010 was the release of their collection album, Eggs are Funny, where you can also find it. And there are at least 8 different singles besides the album versions here, so we, we definitely haven't listed all of them. Finally, in our big Fringers survey, the song was ranked at number 34, um, and that was the Fringers version, whilst the Triumph for Man version came in at number 65. What's your thoughts on that, guys? I think the the difference is really interesting. Um, that's yeah. quite a jump. That's that's a real jump. Yeah, I believe the, the Triumph version wasn't really available yeah. until much later, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably part of the issue is that people just haven't and heard it's it. Very, it's very clunky, I would say. It's definitely not It's not a normal pop song, yeah. Yeah, it's not like a radio hit like She Came Home for Christmas on Fringers. It reminds me quite a lot of um, Soft as Snow, I believe it's called, by My Bloody Valentine. Soft as snow but warm inside Penetrate your 
primarily to the Triumph of Man version, the whole way that the instrumentation is, is done. Right. It has that very, like, what? Don't touch That uh, takes me into the whole, when's the first time you heard this song, guys? My first version was uh, the Triumph for Man version, and I had gotten that through pirating music, because I couldn't, this wasn't, you know, something that was available anywhere. Um, again, this is when I first got into Mew, and if you remember a couple episodes ago, I was saying how, like, I kind of just downloaded absolutely everything that I could find by them. And yeah, this was the one that I heard. Yeah, uh, my first time, I believe it was actually the time when I became a Mew fan. It was, uh, I mentioned it before, I think in the MRI episode, where I saw them play on a Norwegian TV talk show. They played a song. It was just in time before Christmas, and they played Shake Him Off for Christmas, and I just thought it was great, because I was kind of uh, skeptical towards the band before that. I kind of didn't give them a chance. I had known of them for maybe like a year before that, but... I just didn't give him a fair chance and for some reason when I saw them play that song on TV I just fell in love with the band and downloaded the whole everything that I could find online and I got the Frenchers album for Christmas that year and the whole actually the whole Frenchers album kind of reminds me of Christmas because of that uh, because I listened to it a lot around that time you know so I have a lot of good memories to the song I would say yeah and for me, I, I just had heard it on Frenchers, so there's nothing really special to talk about there, but that's the first time I heard it. So when uh, when did you first hear the different versions of it? <sighs> okay, so I was, you know, listening to the, their entire back catalog. You know, I had them all um, at once, and I just kind of went through them after I became a, a fan. And then I, I heard the, the version with the expletive at the end, and I was like, oh my god, he said that? Yeah, I was very shocked, to put it mildly. Yeah. We should put, probably put here, um, Jonas drops an F-bomb. Yeah. In, yeah. in the end of uh, the, the Triumph of Man version here. First and only time, I believe. In... It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's very out of place. In the history of music. But it's an early version. I mean, they were like 20 years old when they wrote it. So. If not younger, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't think the expletive was in there just because they were, you know, young and rebellious. I think that was to add shock value to the message of the song. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's also a reason why they took it out. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's definitely colored the, the song in a much quite, like, obviously horrible light compared to the Fringers version, which is the... Don't want to say family friendly version, but uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it is well, yeah. the family ver- yeah, friendly version. It's it's radio friendly anyway. <laughs> yeah, but let's move on to the um, analysis here. That's a uh, your cup of tea, isn't it, Heather? All right, so I'm gonna discuss the two different versions. Um, the Triumph for Man version opens with a really strong tremolo, and a tremolo is when the the, the strings kind of really quickly uh, repeat back and forth on a certain string. And so it starts with that really strong tremolo from a string duet, but I'm not really sure if it's a cello, a violin, or a viola, or 
any mix of those. I don't really have a strong ear for string instruments when it comes to the three of them because the ranges of all three can really be interchanged. So I'm not quite sure. But uh, with that being said, it's absolutely the most gorgeous opening to a song that I think I've ever heard outside of an actual classical piece. That's just my opinion. Interestingly, though, uh, the lower range instrument holds more of the melody line, um, which is really unusual because usually it's the other way around where the, the, the lower range is to support to be the bass while the higher range is, is usually holds the melody line. Um, it's a really nice change. I really like that they did that. Then comes in with the distinguishable piano part that most people recognize from the uh, more widely available Frenchers version. But this version is a lot slower than Frenchers. Um, it's mostly supported by the staccato strings and the mimicking staccato bass um, throughout the verses. There's also a bit of acoustic guitar that peeks its head out every now and again, uh, leading up to the chorus, while the string uh, instruments sing some of the embellishments that lends itself to the, the real terrible sweetness of the song. However, all that succor turns rather sour after Jonas sings the last line and uh, where the last 15 seconds of the song are distorted and really bitonal, um, it completely twists the entire sweet feeling of the song into something that kind of like I sort of call gross. It's a really strong message to, to lead out with, um, but between the two versions, this one is definitely much more emotional. Um, but moving on to the Frenchers version, uh, which starts out with the piano right away, it dives right into the song. Um, probably has, you know, maybe two or three bars and then just drums right into the lyrics. Surprisingly, this version is a minute and 20 seconds shorter than the Triumph from Man version. Um, this version is faster, even though it's still slow in relation to all their other songs, and is quite guitar heavy. The strings have mostly been stripped from the song, save for a couple of parts that are sprinkled here and there. Um, it still sounds grandiose, all things considered, while the Triumph from Man version feels much more intimate. That's a good uh, breakdown of it there. I definitely didn't think of the uh, Triumph for Man version as a like, more intimate song, but it definitely is uh, compared to the very grandiose stadium rock. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Ballad that it's turned into on Fringers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, when I hear the Triumph for Man version, I sort of see, like, a duet of, of strings sort of, like, playing, like, at a wedding or in a lobby at, like, you know, an event. It's definitely, it sounds just so much more intimate to me than the Fringers version. It, it does not in any way, shape, or form say that one version is worse than the other but it almost sounds like a completely different song the two versions are just completely do different feelings yeah do you have a preference of which one you like the most surprisingly i actually really like uh the triumph for man version mm -hmm. you know even even given the expletive at the end you know but but on a musical level i really like triumph for man a lot right so let's talk about the concert version um the song is kind of in and out of set lists, perhaps because of the somewhat seasonal theme of it, uh, even though I've seen the song played in the summer. But for a while, they always ended the, the song live by playing Pink Monster, which uh, is the follow-up song on Triumph for Men album. Also, during the, the Kites tour, Bo had this uh, opening where he played his own intermezzo with a glowing little fan that he had on his guitar, which was kind of cool. I... I liked it a lot. I remember seeing it once myself live. Um, That's cool. It was yeah. really cool. 
It I is. love when bands do that, when they just take an instrument, or they don't take an instrument, they take an, like a just normal everyday item and just like kind of weave it into their into their sound. It's so neat. Yeah, it's re- yeah, it sounded really good as well. Um, and it, yeah, they used uh, this uh, music video as their backdrop. There are two versions of the music video, which we'll come into, but yeah, the one without the band in the video is what they use as, as the backdrop, which is just like... Um, kind of theatrical thing. I'm sure most of you have seen it. But yeah, uh, so have you guys seen the song live? I have, yeah. I just saw it at their uh, Friendry's tour a couple months ago. Yeah, same mm-hmm. for me. Same for me. And otherwise, um, last time I saw it was probably all the way back in 2009 where they had it as a little... They had that little intermezzo where they played New Terrain and Nervous. And then that went into She Came Home for Christmas as a bit of a little surprise. Oh, you heard them play Nervous live? Yes. Uh, there's nice. I'll, I'll, we'll wow. put a little video in the in the show notes, which is just like a, a private recording from the show I went to, which is uh, Kobe Hell in Copenhagen. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I've seen the Live in Copenhagen DVD like so many times. I feel like I've seen it live a bunch of times, but I think I've only seen it one time, maybe twice. And it, I think it was the Village Underground. That's the only one I can remember. Um, but yeah, like I said, I've I've seen it so many times in that video. So mm-hmm. yeah, I actually counted. Out, I think I've seen the song seven times live. Whoa! Wow! Uh, it's just uh, I've seen them. I think fifteen times live. So about half of them they played it. And uh, yeah, it's just random. I guess I've, uh, I obviously saw the. When they did the Fringes anniversary tour, I saw them three times, twice in London and once in Oslo. And they played it, obviously, all three times there. And I, I saw them also at the Village Underground, like you did, Anne. And they also played it when I was in Amsterdam. And when I saw them during the Kites tour. And also in Los Angeles, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Wow. 15 so I've been, times. Yeah. yeah, well, Anne has seen them more than I have. But I what? mean, I've seen that song seven times, yeah. I mean, I've I've seen it twice, <laughs> and one of them was an acoustic Jonas only <laughs> surprise there after nervous. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, it's not a very seasonal song. It's not really no. It's just like the Christmassy opening of the song, kind of to me. You know, just I don't know. It doesn't really fit with the when you see them outside in the festival during the summer and they play it there. It just <laughs> doesn't really fit. Like when I saw them at the festival this year. I was about to say yeah. Um, it was in the middle of the summer. I think most right. of the shows I know of, it's like festival shows, yeah. Right. We mentioned in the King Christian episode as well, this um, special show they did for um, Prince Christian here in Denmark. Prince, uh, Prince Frederick. Prince Christian, not Prince Christian. He's named Fre- Frederick. <laughs> Prince Frederick's his birthday in 2005. They did that special show in the Opera House. And th- there they also played uh, She Came Home for Christmas, followed by mm-hmm. uh, Pink Monster. I always thought that the pink monster transition was kind of weird after the song because they don't really it's, fit together. Yeah. <laughs> it's very bizarre. I, yeah. I mean, I saw that that video oh, ages ago of um, the birthday concert, and I was like, "That does not fit." <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> like a sailor's melody or something. Yeah, it's always exactly. what it reminds me of with the accordion. It's called right. Yeah, just a very sudden change of theme, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so let's segue here into the music video. Because, yeah, we, we mentioned there was two versions of it, but in reality, one is the edit for the stage, where they obviously don't have themselves featured in the video because they're on stage. Uh, and then there's the official video with the band members in it. Um, 
do one of you want to take us through what what's actually going on in this um in this video yeah the the video uh was filmed in 2002 and it's um showing a stage and there's a little girl with a teddy bear and um basically there's a, a kind of a fight between good and evil happening in the video the bear and an evil fairy are like duking it out um there's lots of um, imagery of snow and Christmas time, plants growing, and um, the in the end, the girl is like holding onto her teddy bear, and she's she's happy. She's everything is all back to to good again. So, good versus evil kind of theme. See, that's interesting because I don't read that at all. Um, what and and I didn't really get a good chunk of time to really break into this video the way that I wanted to but I actually see the video is taking place in the future where the the little girl with the teddy bear um at the end is her present self and everything that we see in the video beforehand is like her sort of thinking about her feelings in the future if that makes any sense um so like the girl wearing the white dress is it's sort of like white typically um, represents innocence where you know if you're looking at the the message of abuse in the song um, you know that that innocence is taken from her where there's a lot of um, there's also breakups where we see um, a zoom in of clouds and different colored sky um, it's like a, a change of seasons um, and the change of seasons kind of denotes time so when the the video starts out um, the, if you look in the background, it's all like white clouds and blue sky. And then you see a quick cut to clouds and, and the sky becomes darker. Um, and then you see winds and dead leaves blowing about the screen. Um, then transitions to winter. Um, and then at the end of the music video, um, her just one solitary tear brings plants back to life. And that would be spring. But I also see the bear as being a dangerous predator, but they're kind of dancing with each other, which is kind of interesting because to me, that's like, well, if that was a father and daughter, you know, and the father is abusing the daughter, you know, the, the daughter is, is trusting this bear, even though the, the bear is, you know, on the, the food pyramid going to eat a human. Um, yeah, this is like in relation to the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind yeah. of what I that's what I take from it. That's and that's just some of the imagery that I was able to pull out of it quickly. Um, I don't know if mm -hmm. you guys sort of feel the same about that. I mean, I can I can get down with the innocence in that, and she's dancing, but she seems interested into in the bear, right? So it could be the, yeah, the, I think the break of innocence and like the bear's getting shot by the evil witch. Like taken away, it's like the loss, like Julian, Romeo and Juliet, right? The being broken apart or something. That's kind of how feels I've, like, I've read it. Like the the bear is almost like her protector, and he's taken away, and then she's vulnerable. Hmm. Okay, so is he a predator or is, or is he a protector? Right. Like, yeah. I've always seen it as a protector mm -hmm. kind of type. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I mean, I. Again, I, I probably will have to circle back to this video at another point. But, you know, 
I mean, if I encounter a bear in the woods, I'm not going to do a waltz with it. <laughs> I mean, right? But yeah, I mean, you're a metaphor you, in the. In if like you're a, looking at this as the the girl with her teddy bear is is kind of imagining what's happening. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. her bear is her protector. She's you know it's something yeah. that she holds yeah. close to her to, yeah. to keep her safe. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. she holds a teddy bear and then she dreams about a bear. Yeah. Yeah, and if someone take and if someone you know like that evil witch takes away her her bear, her protector, then she's she's kind of like all alone. Yeah. Exactly, and it's it's very sad and melancholic in that way. Yeah, I think this was the first music video I saw by Mew, I'm pretty sure, and I remember really liking it, even though it's not as Christmassy as I would expect, but then again, the song really isn't a Christmas song, so... Uh, but uh, yeah, I thought it was really cool, the imagery was kind of like... It reminded me of things that, that I saw on TV in the 80s when I was a kid, you know, seeing um, like a... It reminded me of those kind of Eastern European uh, children shows that we got in Norway. Mm. So, yeah, it was. I, I really liked it for those for that reason. But yeah, and in the the version of the video where they have the band members, I I just want to comment on how awesome all the guys look. Like they're wearing these amazing costumes, and they have beautiful eye makeup on mm. and they look very dapper and i i just think that's fantastic and they're very very young in the video obviously because this is many years ago now um yeah. so it's it's really cool to see them looking that way yeah johannes wearing a top hat and like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i mean i personally think Jonas looks like uh what's his face from fallout boy <laughs> yeah what <laughs> you're the singer in fallout boy I, I don't really know that band oh really no <laughs> Where is your boy tonight? I hope he's a gentleman. <laughs> that music video. I know. I think I know one song of theirs, and I just remember the singer from that video. So I, I kind of know what you mean. Um, yeah, it's kind of an emo look with a black eyeliner and uh, <laughs> that this hair quite long in the that front. Was before emo was mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. I think we're once again. I want to point out as the host that we'll probably leave a little, a little note in the show notes, a little linked to the picture of uh, the fallout boy singer just just for comparison's sake why not <laughs> for those of you who are unfamiliar um, maybe you think maybe you agree maybe you think i'm crazy who knows yeah but I, i'm thinking we should just move on to the next segment here because uh, we've got a little fringer story um we were we were sent before recording the show here uh and do you want to take that one as well Sure. We, we have a couple here from Raven, and she says, I remember when I was younger and my grandmother used to put up the tree near the glass window. Whoever looked to it from the outside, it would look really cool, like a smear of magical dancing lights. I relate this to what Jonas had done with the visuals art. If I'm not mistaken, he had said he used pieces of chandelier glass and lights to make the kaleidoscopes. It's really cool to see the lights refracted from the glass. It's something really magical. And another story she sent us is The first time I owned a Mew CD was last Christmas. I was really excited to unwrap my gift and noticed that I had three Mew CDs and the glass handed kites, no more stories, and fringers. That summer I had just noticed them and fell in love with the quirkiness of repeater beater and the sincerity of comforting sounds. I was later able to buy myself visuals plus minus and live in Copenhagen. I look forward to expanding my collection. So a few words from a a new fringer, it sounds like. Yeah, and it's a great Christmas Yay, present. Yay, welcome to the fam! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine getting three new CDs for Christmas. That's great. 
That would be I would awesome. Cry. Yeah. Wow. I actually have them on my Amazon wish list. If anyone wants the link, I will drop it. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> sure, why not? So like 20, 20 uh, CDs just shows up. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I think part of what we're doing here is also um, keeping the mood a bit lighter and a bit... A bit in the Christmas spirit, I suppose. Um, so, so we really wanted to to get some some personal stories in here as well, and and I I guess we should just kind of kind of move into it. Like, how, how do you do Christmas at uh, at your places, guys? I I don't really go home for Christmas at all anymore. Uh, my family lives about two thousand miles away from me, um, and like we're very anti-commercial kind of family. We're minimalists. We don't really give each other gifts, so. It's very chill. Um, so I, I that's the kind of thing I, I prefer is just like spending time with people that you care about and not worrying about spending money on gifts that they might not want. So, Yeah. That's why you make an Amazon wish list. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm done. I'm done. Links in the description. <laughs> <laughs> Links in the description. For all you materialists out there. So like you don't and sorry and you you don't do anything like special uh, for a minimalist Christmas, like not really. Like, I mean, like when I do go home and I haven't been home for like oh, seven years or so. Um, wow, it's just we we have a dinner together and then we sit together in the living room and watch TV or something like that. It's it's really nothing crazy. Um, when I'm here in Seattle with my friends, we usually just have a dinner and, and then play video games together. It's it's kind of the same sort of thing, just chill, low key kind of thing. Okay. And you make it sound like it's nothing special. What kind of food uh, do you eat? Oh, it's like somebody makes a ham or or something like that. I mean, there, there's some kind of like prep that goes into the food and and, and whatnot. It's but yeah, I mean, we just try to make every day a special day when we're hanging out. So it's not like a Christmas is a particularly special thing or anything. And I think that's a great philosophy to have. Is that treat every day like it's Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Buy me presents every day. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I will not say it again. So how how does our um our materialist of the show <laughs> <laughs> How do you do Christmas at yours? I spend about a thousand dollars. Uh, no, uh, no, that's that, okay. That's not entirely not true. Um, but <laughs> so, um, this year I've actually adopted a new practice, um, that one of my friends had, had posted on Facebook and you buy the person, uh, four presents, which is something they want, something they need, something to wear and something to read. Mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool yeah. because, you know, um, we, I, oh my gosh, in years past, I've just spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars, you know, on my boyfriend, on my parents, on my brothers, um, a couple of friends, but definitely I've spent a lot more on my boyfriend than most. Um, and I'm, I'm always like, oh, it's not enough. Um, so I thought that was a really cool thing to adopt this year. And I have successfully finished my Christmas shopping. Um, but nice, um, which I don't think like anyone else I know has finished their Christmas shopping yet. Um, but growing up, my um, probably up until maybe about four years ago, um, four or five years ago, maybe she still does it. Um, my mom still leaves cookies out on the table 
and she takes either like baking soda or baking powder or carpet powder and forms it in the shape of like a shoe and puts it on the carpet. Right. So growing up, she would tell us that this was magic snow because we'd be like, whoa, what's that? She's like, oh, it's Santa's footprints. I was like, but it's snow. It should have melted. She's like, it's magic snow. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I just, (laughs) I just, I just thought it was really, really sweet um, that that she did that. But uh, yeah, it's a sweet story. I mean, you're, you're totally glossing over. I have no idea how Christmas is done in America. Oh. I have a feeling, I know, because I've seen a lot of movies. Oh, yeah. That is so quite a different. That that's why I'm like, oh, you you seem to just like, oh yeah, it's just Christmas, and I'm like, what what is Christmas to you guys? Because I have I don't really know. Mm. I, all I know is these Americanized beautiful movies like Home Alone, or another amazing Christmas movie, Die Hard. Right? Like it's yeah. it's a very abstract Christmases. I've never seen Die Hard. That's a tragedy. You have to. I know, I know. And I was at Barnes and Noble today, and I found by the checkout line. Um, it was. Uh, I'll drop the. Um, I'll put the the picture of the book in the the show notes. But it was a Die Hard Christmas like kids book, and it's like <laughs> drawn all cartoony. Oh, it's hysterical! Wow. So oh there's there's been like a huge divide on whether or not Die Hard is actually a Christmas movie. So I posted this to my Twitter earlier today, and was like, uh, the debate is over. <laughs> it's never um, been a debate. Come on. It's definitely a Christmas movie. I haven't seen it. it. It's yeah. a Christmas movie. Yeah. It takes place in Christmas. Yeah. There's a Christmas party. It's a, it's it's a Christmas party. It's That's that's the yeah. setting. I, I only watch it around Christmas. Yeah, it's it's a tradition to watch it at Christmas time. Yeah. Um, also on my list of tradition is I eat Kringle. Kringle. Uh, which, Kringle? which is a Danish... Yeah, Kringle. Yeah. It's a... Yeah. Ah, Kringle. Okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Kringle. I thought, okay. you, I thought you meant like Chris Kringle, kind of. I don't know. <laughs> like, wait, what band how, is that? <laughs> wait, how is it pronounced? Kringle. K- you K- don't want to try. K- K- all right, I I let King King. Oh, no, I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not gonna try. So we eat Kringle. Um, Kring Kring. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we watch Highlander. Oh. Oh, what's that again? <laughs> what's Highlander again? Uh it's it's That's terrible. The one with, there could be only one. Yes. <laughs> there can be only one. <laughs> and then they cut their heads off. And they're supposed to be Scottish or something like that? Something oh. like I I think so. I think so. so but it's, it's this a movie. Uh, this traditions yeah, this it's actually a series of movies. Okay. Um we've watched Highlander uh I think maybe three, four years in a row now. That's been a new tradition <laughs> hmm. between my boyfriend and I. Okay. Nice. <laughs> and I think we're about to introduce it to his family when I meet them in a couple of weeks. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. What about Gremlins? Good old first Gremlins movie. Oh yeah, during Christmas. Like Christmas Eve. I mean, it takes again. They even sing Christmas carols. Yeah, I haven't seen that one in poor old years ladies who are freaked out about the Gremlins. I think it's been like since the nineties since I saw that movie. I mean, Jesus, I haven't seen that movie since I was a kid. 
I can't believe you guys. I'm, I'm going to rewatch all of them this, this year. Home Alone, Die Hard, Gremlins. Yeah. I usually see Home Elf. Alone and Elf, yeah, and Die Hard. Yes. Those are the three. I see Home Alone Jingle all the way. Yeah, Jingle all the way. It's a good one. Um, no, it's the best one. It's up there. No, it's the best one. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> I'm usually wrong. You're Dorable right about that. Bond. But yeah, Black Mirror <laughs> Christmas special. Oh, oh my god. John Hamm. Yeah. Oh. That's a good oh, one. Oh no. <laughs> For any of you who haven't seen Black Mirror out there, please do enjoy Black Mirror's <laughs> Christmas special on the Christmas day with your entire family. <laughs> and feel how wow. gather all the kids. Will slowly spread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll All be a Christmas kids. memory for oh, years to come. That is for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you'll never want to use dating apps, smartphones, nope. yeah, social media, Interacts or anything like with that. any anyway. human being ever right. again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's a great show. Go watch it. Yeah. Um, it's all very Americanized. All these things. So. Uh, what about talking about like the the good old? I like for me, it's very much. Um, I think that's just generally in Denmark. It's like Denmark's very, like every Dane is like very on the traditions and like you can only do it one way. And, like, yeah, you can only do it the Danish way or not. Like, and I think I think Danes kind of get away with it because it's such a small country. So whenever they we, like at least whenever we've held, had Christmas with internationals, they've always been more curious on to how we do it, and so we kind of get away with it. Like, yes, we. eat what's what we call Rissengrol, and uh, we turn it into Rissengrol, which is the French way of saying Rissengrol, which is what we call it in Danish, mm-hmm. uh, which is gen- gen- it's just rice pudding with uh, with whipped cream, almonds, and uh, then you eat it with like hot cherry sauce on. Um, and there's like tons of traditions around it. Um, like mostly uh, what, what you do when you eat this is you hide a full almond in it, in, and um, as the entire family digs into this this bowl, someone's going to get it, and whoever finds it gets an extra little present. What? Traditionally, mm-hmm. uh, it will be like um, marzipan pig. Yeah, like you can get these full on pigs. Do you do that in Norway too? We we find the almond in the, in the porridge, and the winner gets the marzipan pig. Yeah, yeah. Generally, what you do is you know if there's kids, you just kind of line it all up in plates and then you hide it in one of the kids plate or at least the one that's gonna cry the most uh, <laughs> if they don't get it uh, or you hide one in each right and then they all get a little one um, so there's there's different ways to get around it right depending on how you want christmas to go some some families have been very like there's only one whoever gets it wins and you just have to learn to deal with it mm-hmm. which is probably the best way of parenting <laughs> <laughs> yeah. see like the the U.S. just doesn't have anything fun like that. I mean, I'm sure some families individually do, but not not U.S. as like a cultural tradition. Mm. We just we just take ourselves too seriously to do something fun like that. Have you even mentioned that in Denmark? And I, I think you do that in Norway too. We start on the 24th. Yeah, it's Christmas mm. Eve. We celebrate. Yeah, and then in the evening. Well, Christmas Day is also a thing. That's usually when you just have a big lunch in the middle of the day. Yeah, and drink snaps. That's the way you yeah. gather family. Horrible usually. liquor. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you have snaps in Norway too? Uh, yeah, we do. But it's not like yeah. a. For me, it's not like a Christmas tradition to drink snaps. But I think that's more a Danish thing. I mean, we have alcohol around Christmas, but it's more like I don't know, just Christmas beer <laughs> for me at least. Um, but yeah, I think we have a lot of similar 
traditions. Like Norwegians are very traditionalist as well around Christmas. We, I mean, back in the old days, you we have to like walk around the Christmas tree and sing Christmas carols. We don't do that anymore oh. now. But yeah, that was... well, what about the the Danish tradition of like you you hold hands and you sing that song and get faster and faster and faster? <laughs> don't think that's a tradition, but it's a classic song. Which one is that? <laughs> Um, I can't even remember now. I haven't done that since I was a kid myself. Yeah. Um, probably it's coming back in a few Iron years. It's not that song, is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think um, there's also the whole... Yeah, there's the whole thing about commercials on tele- television, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I gave you a little sneak peek of, of one I found very funny. Um Again, we should probably link a few videos here because uh, if if you're not from Scotland, you probably don't know. Um, but there was this classic in the UK. There, there was this classic. Um, it's what's the song called? Walking in the air. Yes. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was this classic video for it. This animated video of a snowman, and then it goes on a whole whole journey with this little kid. Um, so, in Scotland, the most sold soda. Above Coca-Cola is a Scottish soda called Iron Brew, which is a, it's an orange soda, but it's not orange. It's it's more like iron, and that's kind of where the name comes from, Iron Brew. Um, so that's the most sold soda. And you, If you ever go to Scotland and you see the taxis, you'll see them covered in Iron Brew commercials. And if you go into a supermarket, there'll be an Iron Brew aisle. <laughs> and then there'll be Coca-Cola at the end, and your Fanta and whatever on on one of the lowest you know places. Like amongst all the r- random sodas, you'll have like all the classic ones everyone knows. But Iron Brew will have an aisle, right? It's it's that big. So they went out and made like this Christmas spoof on it, and it's it's hilarious. So they changed the song of Walking in the Air, and the, and then they they add in this cute snowman. And this this cute little charming kid, and then suddenly now they're they're fighting over an iron brew whilst they're <laughs> flying through <laughs> Scotland scenery, and you're seeing all the Scottish sights. Um, it's it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but that that commercial is from like the early 2000s, I think, or late 90s. And then apparently, I think it's this year there was a sequel made. So it's been years and years and years, but suddenly they're like, "We'll we're bringing it back. We're bringing it back." And uh, yeah, it's it's hilarious. I yeah. love it. I love it, especially because uh, I lived in Glasgow now for a few years, so I, I can really appreciate the Scottish humor in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. It's also the famous Coca Cola commercial yeah. as well, which is international. I guess I, I'm sure you've all seen that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a f- I think there's a few of them. There's one with the polar bears, and then there's one with uh, there's probably a couple with Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah, I think there might be a new one this year, or was it? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I just I just know that. the M and M's. I just know the M and M's ones come out every year, and the Hershey's Kisses um, that that sound like bells, and it sound and they sing uh, "We Wish You Merry Christmas." Mm-hmm. Classic. Yeah, I know. In the in the UK, everyone's always waiting. I believe it's John Lewis. They have like it's it's almost a tradition to like look forward to that commercial because yeah. it's always going to be like heart-wrenching or super cringy or like <laughs> yeah i remember that from when i like, lived in england yeah it's a big like deal everyone talks about it everyone yeah. does and everyone has an opinion and like yeah yeah and that's quite like even if when you youtube john lewis advert 
or Christmas advert or something like that. You, you'll even get, when you search here on YouTube, you'll get the different years. Like, it'll just suggest which year do you want to search for. <laughs> and some of them, I think, are also quite funny, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that was one of the, the nice Christmas traditions I kind of picked up in the UK. Yeah, and there's uh, another tradition that we have in common in Scandinavia. Is, uh, we have, like, this TV Christmas calendars that... I mean, we even have something common in Denmark and Norway. There's one famous one called the Julekalender or the Christmas calendar. Uh, which, the Julekalender. Uh, yeah, that's in Danish. Yeah, which is uh, originally a Danish uh, series from the early '90s. It's a very strange, like it's a comedy series. It's very strange. It's like how do you begin to explain it? But it's, I mean, the the original. So. Yeah, how deep do you go here? Yeah. There's this Danish, I wouldn't call them folk, but they're like a Danish comedic act. Yeah. Um, and they mostly make music, but they make it in this Sønderjysk, which is a dialect of Danish. And it's like, unless you're from there or have family there, you will have a hard time understanding them Yeah. when you're Danish. Um, so these comedians made this 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 show, uh, and they all they play all the all the roles all the the, um, all the like they play all the what you call characters in the show. Yeah, there are basically six characters, and they play two each, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So it's it's about th- three elves, or Nissa, as we would call them. Yeah. Which I can't even remember what they are on a mission for the big old. Yeah, they need to find the key to. Uh, good old Gamelnok, which is like their, I guess, their father, which oh, is his. Yeah. He's, he's dying, and they need uh, they need to uh, find the key to the. Yes, yes, I'm I'm remembering now. He has like a, a music box. Yeah, and it needs to rewind it. If it if it runs out, he dies. Right, that's the implication. So yeah. they need the key to rewind this box. They need to go to the key, so to a cave. On this mission. Yeah. Yes, and they have this magical book with them. Yeah. Um. And this magical book obviously has all the answers for anything it would ever bump into. So it's it's very sought after by the evil aliens. Or what, what, I don't even know what we would call them. They have like a weird made up name for no them. so. N- n- say, n- n- yeah, something okay. Like that. Yeah, that's something in like origin. It's no so. Yeah, yeah. But they crash land with their plane yeah. in the middle of nowhere of Denmark, and uh, they're they're hung up in this cave. Uh, trying to wait for the one guy who can actually fix the plane to fix it um, whilst the others kind of wait around. But then one of these evil aliens is seeking him out and he's trying to find him in his general area. And there happens to be two Danish farmers, like a little little couple there that just kind of lives in the middle of nowhere and does their own thing. <laughs> Potato farmers, I believe. Yeah. And uh, they, they kind of take him in and like shelter him there, but and and the guy is like um, played with this very sleazy uh, Copenhagen accent, like they really play it up for jokes. Mm. And then they also go way deep into uh, Sønderjysk, the the dialect there, to really really drive it home. This is we're, we're kind of making fun of everyone here. And then it's just this cute story about how they're totally oblivious to the fact that this guy that they're having under the roof is kind of a, a psycho and, and an alien monster of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 
There's just a lot of classic dialogue in there. I, can't. I think I think we've gone on about it quite a long yeah, time. Yeah, and the whole joke basically is the, is the language of the elves. They speak a mix of Danish and English or Norwegian and English. So that's why it's called the Yulkalander. Or, yeah, instead of the Christmas calendar, it's just like a mix of those two languages. It's hard to be an man. And that you haven't got anything like that in the Overland States, suppose. There's like those uh, stop motion animation movies that are played every Christmas. It's like oh, like Rudolph, Rudolph, and mm-hmm. and um, we get the Charlie Brown Christmas special and things like that. Like there, there are our versions of the, those things, but. Um, you know they're they're very very old. They're not like anything recent. Um, that's all I can think of, really. It's funny how TV is quite a big thing. I'm just remembering that every Christmas Day, which is the 24th of December, um, there'll be I think it's around six o'clock on the main Danish channel. You'll have a, 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 a like a Disney special. Uh, I don't know. Do you have that in Norway as well? Yeah, we do earlier in the with day, all the postcards. Yeah. You probably already know it, and then they show the little postcards from each of the Disney characters, and then they usually end the whole show with a teaser or trailer for the upcoming, the following year's big Disney movie. That's kind of become a, adopted as like a a Christmas tradition in Denmark at least. We also watched this uh, this Czech movie, uh, this Czech version of uh, Cinderella. It's just like a live-action movie from the 70s. It's a tradition in Norway. We watch at 11 a.m. every Christmas Eve morning. So yeah, that's a, everyone watches that. It's actually dubbed by like just one one guy who does all the voices over the Czech voices. <laughs> so it's, it's really weird, but it's yeah, it's just great because of yeah because of traditions, you know. It's funny what makes a tradition suddenly, isn't it? Like yeah, such a. Like, here's a bit of Disney, here's a bit of that. Here's mm-hmm. a mix of, mi- mix of languages, and let's nick something from some other country and, like, make it our own. Exactly. That's kind of what's going on in the Nordics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, I feel like maybe we should start wrapping up the, the episode. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Before we do, can I can I tell my one Christmas story that I actually want to tell? Oh, yes. Oh, sorry. Of yes, of course. Okay, so... Um, in 2014, I decided to go to uh, the Nordic countries for following Mew around on tour. And I stayed with Taro for most of it. And after the tour was over, we decided to take a little vacation, very short one, up to Finnish Lapland. It's like this area north of the uh, Arctic Circle. And we went to a Santa Claus village in Rovan. I think it's pronounced Rovaniemi, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I was like, okay, this is probably going to be really cheesy and silly and whatever. I was just interested in the novelty of it because it was a whole like village that was built up as a tourist attraction. Wow. And we stayed at a, a hotel over there, and and then we went over <laughs> by the Santa Claus like attraction oh, area. So cool. And this this was like before Christmas, so it it was it wasn't too busy at this point. It, it was enough time before Christmas before it was too too crazy. And we went and saw Santa, and like I can't even describe how magical this place was. It it was just absolutely stunning inside. And when we got to Santa, I 
like the guy who played Santa, I could have sworn this guy was Santa. He was so good. Like he looked you deep in the eyes and his eyes were like just shimmering and, and they were just full of happiness and love. And, and he asked you like, what do you want for Christmas? Where are you from? Like all, all these personal questions to make you feel comfortable. And I started crying. <laughs> mm. I was like, wow, this is really amazing. This is kind of like what every child imagines Santa to be like. This is exactly what he is. And Taro and I took some photos with him and, and like the, we're just both glowing like crazy. It, it, it looks so awesome. And, yeah, we went on a, a reindeer um, sleigh ride with some of the Sami people as guides, and oh, it was oh. it was incredible. And yes, I did eat some reindeer at a Chinese restaurant there. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, that trip was one of the most memorable ones of my life. Uh, it it kind of blew my mind. Made you fall in love with Christmas again. Yeah, man, just that that's Santa. so awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's like I I was not expecting to have that kind of reaction to it and I was surprised. So um wrapping up this episode, I suppose um it's about time. Have you got any uh, final opinions or thoughts on the actual song of the episode uh, that that you want to that you want to cover here before we wrap up? Well, it's uh I mean, if you want to if you want to go deep into the song, it's a controversial song, I guess, amongst strangers. But I mean, for me personally, I I didn't really know uh, the meaning of the song for a long while. So for me, it's just like a Christmassy song that I that I listen to and uh, still try to have that you know positive memory of it, I suppose. Yeah. So as I said, it's the song that made me a Mew fan. So it'll always be a special song to me, in a way. And I, I enjoy the song. I think it's it's a beautiful song in in its uh, composition and the way that Jonas sings it. I think it's it's incredible. Uh, the the subject matter is is pretty triggering for me, so I definitely don't enjoy what or listening to the original version um, for that reason. But I I do think it's an incredible song, and and I think the music video is is fantastic. So I I really love that. Yeah. Um, same here, you know, this, this song is really triggering for me and it's triggering for a lot of people. And I kind of just want to make mention because I don't think we said it before. Um, we intentionally left out the lyrics and the whole lyric analysis from this episode because the, the subject matter of the song is quite, um, it is quite controversial and a lot of people are affected by it. So we by no means want to gloss over the importance of it and we don't want to devalue anyone's feelings but just in the interest of keeping the holiday spirit alive while still you know paying our our homage to the song um we just left the lyrics out um one other thing though is that i want to give a shout out to one of our friendgers who had started something called the friendger project and uh you can follow the friendger product on twitter it's just friendger project and i'll i'll drop that in the show notes and this particular friendger i think uh their name is tyler uh had started this friendger project to kind of bring the uh the community together in the interest of mental health um so that uh we could kind of create even a, a close-knit community uh, with that as kind of like the the core message so go give that a follow on twitter 
and uh, support everyone's mental health. Yay! Yay! Yeah! It's a good good way of of ending it, definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm much much like I've um been living in a happy little bubble uh, at least up until a few years ago. Like, hang on, there's there's something iffy going on, right? And actually, hearing the whole whole triumph version, it's like, oh, he just kind of kind of straight obsess it here. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, it's definitely always been a again the right tone here. It's it's a it's a disguise for something. It's like a pretty disguise for something quite obscene uh, in many ways. But yeah, always always preferred the Frenchers version. I love it when they go big and big sounding and I love the big stadium sound. Uh, always kind of sad that I didn't I never saw it in a in a random set list, but I only got to see it when they played the whole Fringer, all the Fringers in one go. Yeah. So they, yeah, I guess the the time for the song has kind of run out, and they they only bring it out at, at special occasions. Um, so, but, but I hope to to catch it one day. Maybe we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you'll see it fifteen times. <laughs> maybe I'll see it fifteen times. I don't Freaking know. heck! I, I always find it funny that the only reason it's a quote-unquote Christmas songs because it has the word Christmas in yeah. the very last There's literally nothing the about lyrics. Yeah, there's literally yeah. nothing about Christmas And they're opening in up the song, song, I guess Yeah, yeah, they added chimes in the later version <laughs> Yeah <laughs> So, yeah um, I wonder, I've always wondered, like, how come that choice came in? Was that always meant to be interpreted that way? And was Christmas important to it? But, yeah Let's not dwell on that, uh, at least for for the season here, and let's just have everyone enjoy it. The uh, the Christmas that is. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, wrapping up, thanks for listening to the episodes we've done so far. Uh, we're actually going to go on a little break here over the holidays, and uh, we'll be back in the new year with more episodes. So remember to follow Muex on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And visit muex.info for lyrics, interviews, reviews, and so much more. Also, if you would like to be featured or potentially be featured in a, in a future episode, please do send us an email on podcast at muex.info and uh, you might just get a shot. And that could be, uh, just to clarify, that can be like opinions of songs, it can be full-on stories, anecdotes, personal relationship with it so on please do send us a mail and uh, and we'll pick up on it we will need to to find some new songs to pick pick up so uh in the new year so if you have any suggestions for songs we should cover in the new future please write it there also please give us a review on on itunes it, it really helps us thank you for listening Merry Christmas and a lot of holiday.
Everywhere
Thank you.